0: everybody. Um, How are we doing? Doing okay? Awesome. Um, Well, yeah, just as James said, my name is um, Holly and um, I've been a part of the St. Peter's family now for nearly 10 years. That deserves a, ooh, thank you. Um, And as he said, you know, this church has been such a significant part of my journey with following Jesus. It's been a place where I've I've learned to fall in love with Jesus and a real significant, I guess, kind of Kickstarter for that for me in my relationship with Jesus was as James said, was doing the leadership development year. And it basically was a year for me to say, Hey God, here is a year, do whatever you want to do with me. And it was an opportunity to grow, to be pushed out of my comfort zone, to be poured into, to be equipped, to hear amazing teachings. So I just want to encourage you if if that kind of speaks to you and you're like, oh yeah, I really want to do that. I just encourage you to chat to one of the team about that or find out more online. We would we'd love to speak to you. Um, and if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know that we have been on this series of Pentecost, which is looking at the character of the Holy Spirit. And so far, we've learned a few things. We've learned about the power of the Holy Spirit, how he empowers us. We've learned how the Holy Spirit brings us into the family of God. And so I'm going to wrap up um, that series uh, today. So we're going to jump straight into the passage. So if you've got your Bibles, please join me in John 20, verses 19 to 23. Or you can follow on the screen. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So here in this passage, we have the disciples who have locked themselves in this room due to fear of what these religious leaders, the Pharisees, are going to do to them. Because, you know, they were closely associated with Jesus and they've just put him on a cross. And so they're feeling pretty scared at this point. And I think for all of us, we can kind of relate to what it's like to be locked in, you know? Not too long ago, we were in a pandemic. We were in a thing which was a lockdown. We know what it's like to be kind of confined to a space, right? And even maybe for some of us, even though we've been out of that lockdown for a while now, perhaps there's still some of us that feel locked up in some way perhaps just like the disciples who were facing fear and guilt and shame for abandoning Jesus at the cross maybe we're still experiencing those fears those worries that that shame and that that keeps us locked up inside and if you're anything like me and these disciples often when those negative emotions come up I, that's what I want to do I want to lock it away I want to kind of shove that to the side I want to I want to keep it hidden But we see in this passage that when that happens, when we lock lock all of those negative things away, Jesus responds. And what does he do? He breathes on the disciples, which is a little bit weird. (laughs) You know, like it's a bit intense to breathe over people. It's like if me in the ministry time after this, I just came and I breathed over all of you. Be like, chill out mate. You know, if I was like, come, Holy Spirit. Be like, whoa, I hope you've had a mint. And so, you know, what is Jesus doing? Why is he breathing on the disciples? And what is he wanting to tell us about the Holy Spirit? Well, what I find really helpful in moments like this in the Bible, when we're like trying to figure out and bring understanding, is to look elsewhere in the Bible and see where some similar thing happens. And so, we're going to do just that. I'm just going to take us right back to the beginning. To Genesis 2 7 where it says then the Lord God formed a man from the dust off the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So this is the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is he makes you new. And this is what we see in this scripture, right? Like when God breathed, he was creating life. He was creating a living being. He was creating a new creation, which makes sense, right? Because, you know, if we didn't have breath, we wouldn't be alive. And the thing about breath is this is something that happens internally. This is something that happens, like not many people kind of see it. It's, It's hidden within us. Which is really helpful to know because this is trying to tell us something about the Holy Spirit. You know, a few weeks ago we learned about the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Who moves in power, who who manifests himself. Where there's lots of things that you can witness and see about the Holy Spirit. But we see here that actually the Holy Spirit sometimes happens in the hidden places too. Because the Holy Spirit is both. And he can be loud and also he can be gentle. He can be quiet. And this is what Jesus is doing at this point in Scripture, right? He is coming and he's breathing on the disciples so that they will receive this new life that he's just paid for on the cross. He's gifting them with his Holy Spirit so that they become new creations in him. And in 2 Corinthians 2.17 it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And um, when I was younger, between the ages of 10 to 14, um, I played for a football team. And I actually played for the rivals of Brighton and Hove Albion. So please don't throw something at me or get offended. Um, but I play, I play for Crystal Palace ladies. Um, and as you can also see, um, when God made me, he forgot about the height thing. He did not gift me in that area. I think when God made me, he had like the middle seat of a car in mind. You know, like when a car's full, I think he was like, Holly, I am fearfully and wonderfully made you for that middle seat. And so if you can see how small I am now, you can only imagine when I was 10 to 14 years old, how miniature I was. And this was a problem because the football team I played for, we always got these old, like, hand-me-down kits. And they were humongous on me. Like, the shorts were like trousers. The shirt was like a dress. The sleeves were like wings. I was like a boat with masts getting caught up in the wind. Like, it was just not ideal. Um, But then one season, thankfully, we were gifted new kits And this new kit actually fitted me. And I felt like a brand new woman. I was free, I was running up and down that pitch, like new skills were coming out, I looked like Cristiano Ronaldo, it was amazing. But you know, it wasn't until I put on this new kit that I realised how much that old one was hindering me, how much that old one was weighing me down. And this is what Jesus does through his Holy Spirit He takes us from that old life that hinders us and weighs us down. And he brings us into his new life to become new creations where we are free. And maybe we've heard this term new creation or maybe it's brand new. Maybe you've read it in the Bible. Maybe that phrase new creation is something you speak over yourself. You're like, yes, I'm a new creation in Christ. But like, what does that actually mean? Like, what does it look like for us to walk every day as a new creation in Jesus? Well, if you don't mind, I want to take a moment to just really clarify and unpack what is the old life and what is the new life that we have in Jesus. And I don't have a flip chart. I'm not quite ready for that. But I do have a table. So if you want to look at the table on the screen, I hope we can all see that. I'm just going to run through... 12 ways in which Jesus brings us into this new life. So in this old life, this is where we're ruled by sin, where we have consequences of sin, whereas in this new life, it's the life that Jesus has paid for. So in this old life, because we sinned, because of that, we deserve punishment, right? We deserved condemnation, but because of Jesus, he took on that punishment, and so now we are forgiven. And in the Bible, it says that there is no condemnation in Christ, which is really helpful because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I find myself still condemning myself or sometimes condemning others. But actually, when we do that, we're doing something that Jesus isn't doing. Because Jesus does not condemn, He honors and He loves us. The next thing is in in this old life, we are led by our flesh, we are self seeking, we make decisions that are for ourselves, for our desires. Whereas in this new life that Jesus gives us, we start having the desires of the Spirit. And those desires of the Spirit make us Jesus serving. In the old life, we feel like our kind of way to obtain relationship with God is all on us. It's all on my performance. It's all based on what I do. But in this new life, it's all based on Jesus. The grace that he freely gives us. In the old life, we can be held down, weighed down by fear, guilt, and shame. But because of Jesus and the perfect love that we receive, all of that is cast out. We're free from that. In the old life, we were called sinners. But through Jesus, we're made into and called holy and righteous, which basically means to be like God. In the old life, the way to God was through obtaining laws and rules, but Jesus fulfilled that, so now it's through relationship. And he just takes those laws and he puts it on our heart through him. In the old life, we can be kind of led by the lies of the enemy. So the enemy likes to tell us lies about who God is, about who we are. But in this new life, it says that we receive the mind of Christ, where he gives us truth and that sets us free. In the old life, we were slaves to sin, but now we're children, we're sons and daughters of God. In the old life, we can be held down by hurt and pain, but through Jesus, we're healed and restored. And I don't know about you, but when I look through that old list, man, doesn't that just seem hopeless? That there's no options. But when we look at what Jesus gives us, I don't know about you, I read that I'm loved, I'm a child of God, I'm forgiven. It's like I take a deep breath. Right, and it's in Him that we always have hope. And for some of us, maybe we look at that list and we're like, "Yeah, man, I've seen that in my life. I've faced fears, I've faced shame and guilt and condemnation, but Jesus, His love has set me free from that." But maybe for others, actually, we look at that list and we're like, "Oh man, you know what? I still feel like that. I'm still battling with sin. I'm still feeling this shame and this guilt." Because even though Jesus has paid for this new life, sometimes we still find ourselves living in the old. Because that old life can be sneaky sometimes because even we can sometimes even just function in that old life. We can sort of get by, you know, we can sometimes become comfortable with the chains that we're carrying It was like me in that old football kit, right? Like I got by with it, but actually in reality it was weighing me down. But Jesus, he doesn't want us to just get by. Jesus doesn't want us to be weighed down by chains of unforgiveness, sin or condemnation. Jesus, he wants us to have the fullness of life. Jesus doesn't want us to accept or settle for things that his blood has paid for. He doesn't want us to just accept this old as that's who we are when he's paid for the new. And guys, trust me, I've tried. I've tried doing this thing called following Jesus and taking all that old stuff where I've just accepted, oh, this is just who I am. I'm just, I'm just full of fear or I've, I'm just experiencing this condemnation or shame. I've tried to just, like the disciples, lock that up and, and hide that away. But I found the closer I get to Jesus, the less of that stuff I can take with me. The closer I get to Jesus, the less of that stuff I can take with me. And even when I don't wanna go there, he still does. And he does that not to inflict me, but because he's good, because he's kind, because he's paid for something, because he wants me to receive that breath of life and make me new. And you may find that for yourself, you know, when you when you come to church or when you're in environments of worship or the Holy Spirit's moving, you might find that sometimes that old stuff comes up to the surface. You might find that, oh man, that person I thought I'd forgiven, oh, ah, actually, I think I'm still angry. You might, that situation that you thought that you'd gotten over, that insecurity you thought you'd put to the side actually comes up again and you're like, oh, wow, this, this is still painful for me. Because when we get in the presence of Jesus, when we get in his Holy Spirit, when we look at Jesus and when we focus on him, we see the thing that he's looking at. We see the thing that the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing and life to. And I think there's a couple of ways that Jesus does this for us, right? I think sometimes it's like this passage. As many gods and as much as we've tried to hide that stuff or lock that away, that don't stop him. He still makes himself known. He still barges in and he breathes his new life. But sometimes he doesn't just barge in, sometimes he knocks at the door. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You see, sometimes Jesus, he, he knocks on the door of that area of old life, of that sin, of that shame, that that fear and he knocks and he waits for us to open the door to him. Sometimes I think the Holy Spirit knocks and knocks and nudges and nudges until we're the ones to give him permission to come into that until we get to a point of surrender where we choose to let Jesus be the king and be the Lord over that old thing. Um, a few weeks ago, if you were here to um, hear um, James, James, when he spoke, he mentioned um, about a student. So me and James, we oversee the students here and it's literally a privilege of my life. I love it. Um, and we got to take them away on this, this weekend away. And it was an amazing time. And there was one particular student, and she's given me permission to share this, that she encountered the Holy Spirit in such a way that she was set free from this lifetime of nightmares and anxiety. She's amazing. But a part of that process was that the Holy Spirit helped to lead her to a place where she was able to forgive a particular family member. And it was in that forgiveness that opened the door into that freedom from those things. Because the Holy Spirit is a counselor. Like he knows where we have still got old stuff lingering around, even when we don't even know it's there. Like he knows where we're still wearing that old football kit and he knows the reason why and the root of why we're still carrying that around and maybe why we haven't let that go. And he meets us in that place so he can breathe his new life to make us new and to set us free. And I wanna tell you guys today that there is no amount of sin or insecurity or fear that Jesus' blood has not overcome. So this new life is for you. Not just for the person on the right or for the left, it's for you. And you might hear that and be like, holy, but you don't, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the stuff I've faced. You don't know the stuff I'm carrying. And I don't know, but I wanna tell you today, Jesus does. And he's waiting and he's knocking at the door and he's wanting to breathe his Holy Spirit into that place to set you free. Whether that takes a moment or whether that's a process of time. And you know what? It's not done by your might, your strength, your works. It is done by the power of his Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit makes you new. The Holy Spirit sets you free, but he doesn't stop there. Not only does he work in us, but he works through us. He commissions us. The Holy Spirit sends you out. And while we're on this topic of um, breath that is powerful, um, I want to mention my mother. My mother. Um, every morning when I was little, my mum would come and, you know, wake me up for school, and I was just hit with this wave, this whiff of breath that smelt like bananas and coffee. And guys, I've been scarred for life. I've not touched a banana since. I do not like bananas. Coffee on the other hand. I still like coffee, but not bananas. And, you know, it was stanky, and it, it got in my face, but it, it, it worked. Like, That woke me up from my slumber. I was up. I was ready to get ready for school. And you know, I'm hoping it doesn't smell like bananas and coffee, but this breath that we receive through the Holy Spirit that has authority to wake things up, that has authority to set free and bring life is the very same breath within you to extend that to others. And we see that in this passage, right? Like Jesus is saying to the disciples, receive my Holy Spirit, And if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. Jesus is saying in this moment, he's saying, hey, this new life I've paid for, where I've gifted you forgiveness, go and give that to other people. Go and share the gospel. Go and share the good news. Go and share with them this forgiveness that I have paid for. Because this is what is available Every single thing that Jesus overcomes in our life, that he brings into newness of life is the very thing that you have authority and power in to gift to other people. This free gift that we received is the free gift that we are called to gift to other people. And we see that, you know, in the Old Testament, there's this moment with this prophet called Ezekiel and he's standing amongst these dry and dead bones and God breathes life breathes his breath into Ezekiel. And he tells Ezekiel, you're the one. You're the one to breathe over these bones. You're the one to speak to them. You're the ones to prophesy to them. And Ezekiel does, and guess what? Those bones come to life. They get raised from the dead. Because guys, the very same breath that overcame the grave is the same breath within you and me that we have to leave other people out of their graves too this is the ministry of Jesus Christ. He didn't come to try and make us like good people. He came to take dead things and bring them to life. He came to take what was old and make it brand new. And guys, he's still working and doing that today. And so I want to ask you, what does this look like for you? What does it look like for you to get sent out with the Holy Spirit? When you look Uh, who's around you, your friendships, your relationships, your families, your workplaces, where are you seeing this old life, I don't know, still working and thriving? Where are you still seeing people under this old way of fear and guilt and shame? That might be the thing that God is wanting to use you in. And maybe when we walk around this city, when we walk around where we live, are there things that we've just accepted that is old, that we're just like, oh, this is how it is. There's, There's no hope here. But actually God's hearing is like, I'm not done yet. I'm wanting to breathe my new life into this place. Because this is what he does and this is who he is. And so I want to say to you today, like the Holy Spirit is here. And he is knocking on the door of your life. And he is wanting to bring this new life to you. He is wanting to set you free. And he's wanting to send you out in his power. And the question I want to ask you is, will, will you let him in? Will you let him in? And will you let him send you out? Amen? Amen. Well, if you're able, why don't we, why don't we stand?